The opinions expressed in the following program are those of the producer and not necessarily those of WKTV Community Media. Family-owned Palermo Pizza underwrites this episode of Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters Paranormal Podcast. Located at 901 Gazan Parkway, Southwest Wyoming, and available at 616-531-8300. We hear things in the deep, dark night. We see things in the shadows, in the corners of our eyes. In mind and dim light, we sense things when they just aren't right. Our dealings are not with human flesh and bone, but rather with an essence that defies even the basic laws of nature, like space and time. These elusive selves challenge our logical minds, forcing us to take faith, in the unseen, the unsubstantiated, we cling to theory, statistical inevitability, and the imminent manifestation of mystery. Brought to you by WKTV, I'm one of your ghost hosts, Wayne Preston Curtis Thomas. Welcome to another episode of Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters Paranormal Podcast. As always, we ask that you please keep an open mind about things that you might not easily believe as we explore the mysterious. Dialogue with the dead. Oh. (laughs) I was like, wow, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah, we know this author. She's going to be on the show. So first, let's check in with our co-host, Zooming from Columbus, Ohio. Hi, everybody. It's Tanya Geyer-Sager. Hey, Kim. (laughs) Hi, I'm Kim Colleen, tuning in tonight from Holland, Michigan. Kim's been with us from the beginning, and so has Brandon. Yep. Brandon Jose of Jose Paranormal History Productions YouTube channel. Now, on the back cover of this book, it says... One of the other mediums had had expressed concern about something they'd seen. They felt it was evil. I'd like to talk about that before the day's over. But let's just check in with Axie. She's been busy. So we'll check in. I know she did a ghost hunt over on the Edson, the great ghost in Bay City. I did. Oh, I love, I love that ship. It, the USS Edson, Bay City. If you haven't been there, you've got to go there. It is just, it's, it's incredible. It, and I brought a sailor home with me, apparently. So there's a whole nother story there. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, trust me, in the shower, I wish I had. You know, it's like he may oh, be really? dead, but he's not dead. It's one of those scenarios. Yeah. Oh, no. All, all bad. Oh, yeah. Oh boy. But it is, she's gorgeous. The ship is gorgeous. It's huge. So, you know, you can't believe it. And so I I spent the night for the first time. So that was an experience. Um, So you build it as Axie, Suzanne, Bruce Smith. You added Bruce in there. And you, you did that with a couple of our friends, Mama Mary Bassett and who else? Uh, Kristen Roberts, who is a medium. She is very talented and a good friend. And so the three of us did it. And we we held a gallery first. And the gallery was insane because we picked up so many shipmates. We couldn't get past the ship. It was like it was its own force field. So finally, I pulled up this incredibly strong woman, and it was one of the women there. It was her mother-in-law, and she goes, oh, of course. She goes, leave it to my mother-in-law to come through, you know, and she she, she kind of described her as, as a battleship of her own. So I was okay. like, oh, so we've got a little naval thing going here. Laughed kind of hard at that, and then we just started the investigation, and I... I finally caved at about 1.30 in the morning and I was like, I'm done. People hunt all night. 
There was a couple of guys there. They were so much fun, had great equipment, great attitudes, and they had to be to work at four in the morning. So they stayed up all night. And then I put some donuts out. And I'm like, take all you want, take a whole thing. I don't care. Be safe. And it was just so much fun. You really go support it. It's a museum. It needs needs love and people. And now it's a little hard probably to go in cold because the story is pretty well known about the ghosts that are haunting the ship. One of the former employees. Did you run into that guy who he likes to pinch women and stuff? I guess. He he didn't touch anybody, which was great. Um, but excuse me, we came up out of a, a room that's called 9-11 room for a reason. So we came up out of that. Two friends of mine were staying in the room to the left. And I thought they were playing with us because we heard, hello. And it was like, it, there was three of us. One of them was one of the people that helps maintain the ship too. And we all looked around and he goes, I know that voice and there was nobody around. We looked high and low and it was the guy that maintained the ship and it was him. We were standing in the spot where he had a fatal heart attack and died and incidentally then fell down those stairs and was at the bottom when they found him. But um, yeah, it was crazy because I was like, really? We hadn't even started. Everybody hadn't even arrived and they're already, they're tuning up. It's, it's fabulous. It sounds like fun. Yeah, we had Mary on the show. So we talked about it before it happened. Brandon thought maybe he might go over because he's been on a couple haunted ships. He talked yeah, about it. I wasn't able to do it because signed up happened. My grandfather was having some health issues, so I didn't end up going. But well, I was considering it. But <laughs> yeah, I think that might have been fun. Now I said last time I saw you actually. He was at the farewell show and then i found out you had this new book out and so i said well i guess i gotta come back so here i am from hiatus <laughs> i did get the article written on you thank and I you got so that much. out so that was real good that and was i very said nice. you had lived in oh thank you and you had lived an enchanted life and i thought and i credited the journaling to probably getting you started on writing the books. Is that true? The journaling that you did when you're, you're young? The journaling helped me stay sane because this was, I mean, like Tanya, she isn't gonna understand the, the time because it was before you were born probably. So I'm dealing with this in the mid sixties and nobody's talking about it. Nobody's thinking about it. There's a few random head shops, which, you know, they're not talking about it. They're, they're doing other things. And you'd go to the libraries or you'd go anywhere and they only promoted this through Halloween. There was nothing. So I knew when I had my first experience that morning, when I woke up, I knew this was my secret and I had to keep this for as long as I needed to. And who knew it was going to be 40 years, Right. you know? Um, civilization, civilization is a little slow on things. It, it is what it is. But um, I woke up and I was like, uh, my aunt had bought me these cute little books, journals. One had a lock and key and one was just this neat little gnome book. And I thought, I'm going to have the lock and key just because it's that kind of secret. And I wrote everything down that had happened. I filled that journal and like 50 more before I ever did anything with them. My husband moved them into our house that we're still in. And he said, are you going to do anything with these things? You need yeah. to, you know, it, you could help somebody. So that was when, back in 2012, I did the first Welcome to My Paranormal Life. I, I would admit, yeah. I mean, I was definitely not, way, I was born well after the 60s, but even growing up in the 80s and the 90s, there still was nothing. I mean, it was still not a mainstream thing until like when John Edwards finally had his show and Sylvia Brown finally came out and, and it was like, but kids and, and young adults growing up or even older people was like, 
what do we do with this gift? Because it was, it was still, I know in the eighties, it was still considered taboo. Oh yeah. And I was yes. like, oh, the problem is, is it's happening. Exactly. And in the mid sixties, I'd have been hospitalized. I'd have been drugged. I'd have been seeing all kinds of psychs. And I didn't want to do that. And they told me, you don't want to do this yet. It's not time. And I knew I needed to grow into it. For me now, I mean, I've been turned down for TV so many times because of this. I'm too old. They don't want to see old faces. And that's fine. That's fine. I'm, you know, whatever. I now have the experience and I can share. And that's the biggest, that's my biggest thing I can give and my gift to people. I'm mentoring a nine-year-old right now who is a medium and he's on the spectrum. He's got a little autism going too. So he's really confused. And it is that I'm I full goosebumped out on, mm. on just even talking about him. And I've got a, a woman now that she's just engaged and she's in her early twenties. And she goes, I want to understand this. And I, but I can't close and I don't know what it means to be closed or open. And so I'm starting this whole new journey with these young people and it is so happy. It makes my heart just kind of like, yeah, hell yeah. Let's, oh, yeah. Take, let's take the fear from them that we felt, that Tanya, you probably felt too, because you couldn't talk oh, about it. I was terrified. I mean, I remember night terrors just screaming in the middle of the oh. night and my mom would not know what to do with me because she's like there's nothing I can do it just all she could do is just hold me I don't know if this happened for you but like for me all she could do is just hold me until I came down and because there was nothing she could think of or say to bring me down and I realized though when it's coming from a night terror or something like that all you can do is just be there and make them feel safe. And that's why I told my mom, I said, when my cousins are like, if anybody else, my nephews or any of them started having situations, I said, mom, just keep telling them you're safe. You're safe until they are, their mental capacity can come back. Yep. Perfect. I mean, that's really perfect. And that's what I tell people. I can't, I don't know how many books I've just given away to parents that come to my tables at events. They've paid to come in they want to talk to me and I'm like oh my gosh I'm so sorry I wish you know I should put out somewhere that it's just I don't charge to just talk to me and for for mentoring for whatever that's free because that should be that's the way it should be that's how I am <laughs> that's how yeah. I am you know at least as far as I'm concerned I don't charge to cleanse the house I don't for anything because you need to be safe mm -hmm. so I have I'll just look at them and I go okay read this if you think it's appropriate read it with your child then and I say, you know what? They're of you. You raised them. They're honest children. Believe what they're telling you. Even though you may not be able to grasp it, try. Jump out of that, your, you know, go off your mat, come out of your circle, and know there is more than we can perceive. There's more than I can perceive. I mean, I, I know I. When I first started all this, I knew there was like six or eight levels of feeling and a vibration. I'm like in the 20s now. 24 is my highest level of vibration that I've been feeling. And that gives me a intense headache. And I go to sleep immediately because it just whoosh, takes the sugar right out of my body. So I, you know, we're building, we're working, we're doing. And it's like, I'm pushing myself for other people because we need to know this. Mm -hmm. How many mediums, you know, have shorter lives? Your books are incredibly detailed. I think maybe it's because of all that journaling you did. You mentioned Welcome to My Paranormal Life. You mentioned this book, your first book. That's my baby. And then, or Brandon, maybe you could click to uh, speaker a second. We pick these up better. And Thanks. then your second book, I think I have them in order. When the Dead Come Calling is your second book. Yep, that's right. And then the third book, The Essence of Death, right here. But then this most recent one, I, I don't know, this might be the, the my favorite cover and the titles are all just great. Thank right you. Here, Dialogue yep. with the Dead. 
Now, this yeah. cover, this cover was done by someone who's, I think, relatively famous, right? Dave Schwartz did this cover. I contacted him. I was in Florida and I knew the book was getting close and I knew I needed cover work. And so it was like February of 2020. And, you know, nobody's doing much. It's COVID. So I was like, oh, well, I, so I contacted like six. I contacted Shatan because she tossed something out. She said, I'd be happy to do something up for you. So I had all these people and he sent me that cover and I was like, oh, I mean, owls came into me as a totem. So I was sent all these people uh, notes. I'm like, thank you so much for, your, for putting the work into it. I really appreciate it. But man, this one just hit me like, mm -hmm. like the tortilla challenge, you know, yeah. it was just like, <laughs> boom. So yeah. I, I had to go with him. I had, really had to go with him. And he was so kind and so sweet. And I told him, I said, you are too cheap. <laughs> He's a far out dude. He does a totally psychedelic art and he does uh, he, comic books. He does a comic book series he works on, but he's, he's been to the magic mushrooms. So we, oh yeah, we had some good conversation. Yeah. yeah, I told him he should have been in Colorado in the eighties for that. And he was, we, we laughed, we laughed pretty hard. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, a great guy. Yeah, the best. And, Extremely best fun. titles and the best covers, I swear. Right. And you're now I see your build as a best selling author. What what's how they're billing you now? Well, it it sold around the world, the first book. Amazon used to keep a globe, and now they don't even keep a map. Then then they went to a map of the United States, and you could see where your book sold. It was really cool. I loved it. So my book sold and went through the UK, went through, sold in Russia, sold around, and then it sold Japan and Australia, and then it sold on an island, and it wasn't Hawaii, it was near Hawaii, and then it jumped and sold in San Francisco, and I was like, oh my God, I just sold around the world. I saw, yeah. and it was what, it was like a copy here and a copy here and a copy here. I don't care. It's sold around the world. So best-selling. So I looked up the term. And New York Times has their own term. Everybody has their own term for what is a bestseller. And so I grouped them all together and made my own. And I'm like, I'm an international best-selling author because I, I sold around the world. So yes. I'm like, prove me wrong. I didn't care. I was like, oh, whatever. And because everybody has their own term for it, I was like, all right. You made yeah. it. Brandon's ordered the book. Brandon, did you get it yet? Yeah, I got the three books. I've, I've on the dialogue with the dead. I got about halfway through. I had just received them, so I didn't have a chance to get all the way through it yet. Dialogue well, is an interesting one because it should have been two books. And my editor what? wanted me to make it two books. And I was like, no. So because my life changed radically in the middle of that book. So it, it was almost two books, but it would have been way shorter than even the last book, which should have been another 10 pages longer. And I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> it's called Amazon, Amazon editing. I don't know. We've heard some of these stories through, through interviews. We've heard uh, some of these stories that are in this book. You have an interesting device that you use in the middle of chapters. You'll do hashtag Hashtag, 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 and that has a certain meaning. There's certain, like, like the asterisk, like on eight, that has always had a, a thing for me. I've always loved that. Hashtags too, and it was the most bizarre thing when I found out what they really mean. And I can't tell you now because life has well, moved on. You but, do that when, you, when you're changing you're talking about the same thing or something that you're changing subjects or yeah and somebody told same me subject once, it's a different story but somebody told me once hashtags have a meaning and i had an editor try to get me to dump them and i was like you're about three books too late <laughs> no 
And I'm oh, sure yeah. as hell not going back and editing again. Because if you ever try to load a book on Amazon, you'll either drink or <laughs> it you need somebody to do it for you. It, it, it's it's not easy. One of the interesting things I ran into in this new book was golems, spelled G-O-L-E-M-S. And I don't know if we've ever talked about golems on the show before. Brandon, you're probably familiar with them, aren't you? It's kind of from like Jewish folklore, yes. of like creating out of either, usually it's either like clay or metal and writing a word on the head to create it as like to kind of to do the creator's bidding. And like, it doesn't go away to like erase the, the word off the forehead or whatever. I figured Brandon would know. <laughs> yeah. And if yeah, you were... If you, if you love Lord of Have the Rings. Have you guys heard of that, you girls? Uh-uh. Uh, no, I haven't. Did you ever watch Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Gollum. Oh, it's in there. Huh? Yeah. And it, yeah, it really is. And it was, my, my aunt is, was Jewish. And so, I mean, I, I we were Lutheran. She was Catholic. Married a guy, became Jewish. So it was just this whole conversational thing. And I went through with her. But I... These things that I saw, I researched and kind of dove into this. I rabbit holed these things for like a day. It was too much. I had a great time though. And um, came up with the word Gollum. And I was like, no kidding. Because I am a huge Lord of the Rings freak. Mm -hmm. And when it was, I was like, yep, there we go. There we go. So then I, I went on that and I took off with that for gosh like a full day but they are they were very much gollum-esque yeah that's things. weird that, that that's just weird you said when you run into darker spirits then you break out the palo santo wood the sacred palo santo wood is what you use when you come across something like that i do How about this quote yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I do because it works for me. Um, it doesn't work for everybody. And everybody's got their own little combos of stuff that they use. Um, but I also have my crystals. And I'll use, if I have holy water, I'll use it. But if I don't, I like olive oil. It's of the earth. It's pure. They don't like it either. Huh? They don't like it either. No, they do not. And I found it works really for me just as well. And if I'm in somebody's home and they've got natural wood, I'd rather use oil than water because I don't want to destroy their stuff. And I tell them, you know, later, just kind of massage it into whatever. And it, it, it covers, it comes from mother earth. She's intensely strong. And I, people I love not, that you help people out with this smudging and families that are distressed and you don't charge them for smudging. And you mentioned that there was somebody didn't want you to use the sage oh. so you had to do a smudging without using sage i had that was no idea what the hell i was going to do i'm in this house it is five thousand square feet it's a massive house on a lake near us and obviously they've got a lot of money it's a beautiful house they'd had it redone and so i'm in there and i'm like okay so i'm asking my guide so i'm like what am I going to do? And they're like, use your senses. Because I didn't even have sage spray at the time. I could have used spray, which I found later. And so I just used my senses and it boiled down to a man that was in the house. He was trying to communicate with the female homeowner, freaking her right out. So this multi-million dollar house, because she lived she lives on this big lake off this golf course and she lives by some of the Pistons basketball players. So that'll tell you the caliber of the amount of money that, that was in this neighborhood. I was like <laughs> driving around. I was surprised <laughs> I didn't hit a tree. So um, I talked to this entity and it wanted to talk to her. Well, she didn't get it. She was freaking out. They spent a weekend in this house, this $2 million house or whatever it was, and went back to the old house. I was like, are you kidding me? And she's, so finally it comes out this thing, this gentleman, 
from two generations ago, was trying to communicate to her. He was of the land. These were old apple orchards. They used to own the orchard and he wanted to go home, but he didn't know how. And he was there and he felt trapped. So we opened the vortex in the one room. I finally got him in this basement room. It was a guest bedroom. And I, he still wasn't going. And I said, I look, cause his wife's up there. His two ch children are up there. And all of a sudden this head of this dog <gasps> peeks over the edge of this vortex. And I said, your dog's there. This guy was gone in a heartbeat. I was like, oh, it goes for it. And the, the wife goes, it's okay. I know he loved the dog more than me. <laughs> and I, I am laughing and the homeowner's gone. What's so funny? And so I, I was like, oh, sorry. You know, so I clued her in, told her all about it, informed her that she is a medium. She's partially open. She's an empath. She wanted all of it closed. Oh. So I sealed her. And I said, if you ever have a change of heart, I left open intuition for her because everybody needs intuition. The good, the bad, the, you know, I'm going to walk into a dark alley. I don't care. No, you need intuition. You need to know that's not a good idea. Mm -hmm. And then I sealed everything off. And I said, if you so choose, because this is, I'm not God. This is up to you. You let me know. I can either teach you how to blend it into your life, which would be really nice. She was just, oh. so I was like, okay. So I talked to her. That was a few years ago. So I talked to her about a year ago. I was thinking about her and the phone rang and I went, oh God, I hate it when I do that. So she, yeah. there she is, you know? And she said, everything's wonderful. Thank you so much. She wants to know if he was safe and happy. Aww. I was like, oh, so cute. So he is, he's happy. He's got his dog. That's yeah. a, how do you open a vortex, sexy? I didn't. It was open, but I can. Oh. You just open a tornado. You just open a void. And you do I it just, with your mind. Mm -hmm. you, you obviously do it with your mind. Yeah. So you can either do that or you can bring down white light, which is God light. And so I dropped that into the room. Yep. And that kind of created a vortex. So I'm looking at the top and this lady's looking at me like, what the hell are you looking at? Because I'm looking at the yeah. edge of the ceiling, according to her, you know. I was like, oh, there's his wife and his daughter and his son. And whoop, there's the dog. Man, he was just. Yeah, was like, so when you look into a vortex, can you see actually people's faces or do you just feel the presence of that person, like the dog? Can you see the dog or you just feel a presence? Both. Really? I, I see their faces at the top. Okay. I'm assuming is, so for me, that's heaven. Yeah, of course. So, you know, I don't know what it is for other people. And so I mm -hmm. leave that open for them for interpretation. And yeah, it's just cool. And it's so bright. And it's that beautiful, it's like Michigan sky blue above them. Uh, and it's just there. And I, and yeah, it smells good and it feels good. The pressure is lighter. It makes you want to step into it, which is like, mm, not my time, but yeah, boy, you know, because wow. it's just, clean and fresh and there so, yeah. you like to call on you like to call on uh, michael the archangel mm -hmm. you're smudging Tanya, do you smudge yes do you use white sage uh, i use white sage my favorite is any kind of sage that's native american blessed if i can get my hands on it and i know a couple of native americans i will usually have them bless it before i use it Oh yeah. yeah, I like that. Brandon doesn't like the smell of the sage either. So, I, and I would wonder it would get so smoky without us. The smoke detectors were going to go off. And the smoke <laughs> go I, off in places. I will admit, I'm not a huge fan of the smell. But after you know you start using it, you don't even smell it after a while. And I do have the sacred Palisanto and. Uh, I call down white light cocoon for people when I do a smudging also, but I call on St. Francis and I call on to be an instrument of peace is what I ask for in my smudging, but very similar, I think. But actually you said sometimes you use a spray with salt water. I do. And so I steep a pot of hot water and I add salt 
And as it's cooling, I'll shove a sprig of white sage into it so it seeps like tea. Oh. And then when you're done and it's cool, you can put crystals into it. You can do anything you want to it. And then after, put it, you know, drain it, strain it so the sage doesn't go into it, but the essence of the sage does. Mm -hmm. And then put it in a spray bottle from the dollar store. And some other things too that I hadn't used, like cedar, I think you mentioned. Yep, cedar and sweetgrass. Okay. See, my, mine is sandalwood. I back, my backup is sandalwood. Ooh, now what does that do? It's, it's, it's the, what I learned from a, a native friend of mine is sandalwood is considered like an amethyst of a benign scent. So Ooh. it can be used for anything. So my backup, if I don't have sage, is always sandalwood. Oh, I like it. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I'll have to check into that. Yeah, me too. And I love the smell. Oh, I love the smell of sandalwood. <laughs> oh, that'd be refreshing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd like to check into that. You mentioned crystals in the new book, Exe, uh, and uh, how you like to use crystals. Are there any certain ones that, uh, or does it depend on the case? It depends on the case, but I mean, I, because I use amethyst for me, that's my conductor. Quartz, I have pyramids of quartz. They're in that corner of the kitchen, pink, clear. They just resonate with me. Um, any of the blacks, stones to ward off evil, to ward off, just to protect. Formalin. Yeah, you know, I mean, and I hate to use the word evil because everybody goes, oh yeah, you know, and it's like, no. You can, you can be a dick without being evil. You know, you can That's why I say negative. I say negative. Thank you. You know, they're, yeah, they're just, blah. they're like working mm. with molasses and it doesn't make them evil. It just makes them dense. And that's why I said I started using negative, the term negative. It's just, yeah, it's a totally yeah, negative feeling. They're all like, oh, I have evil in my house. So I'm like, no, you probably don't. Unless yeah. it's bad. You know what? Don't. don't. I read that quote from the back of your book and then so do you, but do you think there is evil out there yeah yeah I have taken care of evil and I have um oh gosh I can't even think of the name of the thing I fought and it was it was nasty and um I had to capture him in a stone and I'll think of it in a second oh he's Native American Wendigo I was about to say Wendigo. Oh, no. And I had to take care of him. He was in a house in Royal Oak in somebody's basement. And he was already trying to kill the dog. He was going to, they had two bulldogs and he was working on killing the one, the male. Probably kill it and eat it because they like human flesh, don't they? They like blood. They like blood very, very much. They're carnivores. And so he was working on the dog. Then he was going to work on the husband who the husband got extremely ill after a month after i cleansed the house but the thing is gone um it wasn't going to kill the female bulldog because she was a deaf and and she didn't deserve his time oh. so i knew feeling that from him that i was dealing with ego and a big ego so i knew that was my in ego is always an end and so that was why i was told don't go in with ego and i was like thank you for that that was good sound advice and I knew I'd capture it and I knew I had to get it out of the house. So it's, he's trapped in the most beautiful smoky quartz crystal. I really wanted that thing for myself. It's like, you know, if you're bought a birthday present for somebody that you wanted, <laughs> yeah. that's the way this felt. So he's buried in this trapped crystal about three miles from my house, about two feet deep in a field. Um, which I just found out they might make soccer fields out of. So I'm like, oh no. Oh, but if they don't. dig them up. Oh, I yeah. No. What no. what would happen? Well, unless Mother Earth has taken care of him, which I had that's why I buried him, because I left it up to her to take him, cleanse him, release him, do whatever. She's stronger than me. It should be up to her. So he's a good two feet deep and he's closer to the road. So hopefully they will go that way with the digs and not here. Cause I, I couldn't find him now. I could, and I don't want to, I go by there and I don't even think of him. It's like, nope, 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 big wall, big wall. But 
he was true evil. He wanted to kill them all. He was going to kill the wife next. And then the black cat star, who was magnificent. She has since passed. All the dogs have. Um, he was going to leave her to last. And he was going to let her starve to death because he thought that was her. That was fitting. But he was creating a minion, too. So I had to go back to this when they create something. Ah, man, it was just this little pocket of black tar and floating in the air. And I so saw him, but didn't see him. You know what I mean? You, I'm here, but I know there's something there, but man, I'm like not seeing it. So I went back and got him. I go in and I can go from here. They're probably 20 miles from me. So I go in from here and I hold up a, a mirror. So they can't see me. They see their own reflection. I sure in the hell didn't need him at my house. So I hold up a mirror. So all they see is themselves. So they don't think there's anything out of the normal. And I saw, I looked and I'm like, oh, you little sucker. So before I went that next morning and collected this stone, I asked this smoky quartz, which if you asked me five years ago, if I was going to talk to rocks, if I believed this, I'd have said, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm talking to rocks and, <laughs> and I asked this thing, I said, would you, do you have room? Can you accept another entity? And it said, yes. So I created another well, like a, like a lobster trap. It can go in, but can't come out. And this thing wasn't going there. And I'm like, I don't have time for you. So I grabbed it and started to stuff it down into the stone and I'm checking in with the stone. You okay? I'm fine. It's saying, you know, it was done, sealed it, and I called my girlfriend, and I said, I'll be there. Give me 25 minutes, and I went down, collected it in a bag of white sand, sealed it, took it off the property, put it behind my car because I parked on the road, put um, medallions in four corners of the property. We sealed it, saged it, did everything. I put that thing in my car, and I called my husband. I was, I was getting on the freeway by the Detroit Zoo. And I said, I'll be there in 20 minutes. Meet me at the old Nike base, bring a shovel. And he said, okay. And he hung up. And I was like, oh my God. I was laughing so hard. I was crying. I said, oh, thank you, Lord. I married the right man. Yeah. What did he think you were going to bury a dead body or something? <laughs> he, he didn't even ask. There was no like, question. I'll be there. <laughs> no question. He's like, okay, click. Oh my gosh. I know. Can I, give, can I can I give you a little tip if you have to deal with the window uh, Windigo again? Please. A native friend uh, when I lived in New Mexico told me this. The best way to capture them is in the stone like you did, but the best way to destroy them is throwing them in water. They drown and die. <gasps> okay. Thank you. Well, I thought you had to burn them. No, no. water is the general. purest thing that they set for the natives because it's constantly moving. So the best way to oh. kill it when Wendigo is throwing it in the water because they cannot, they don't like water. They hate water and they will drown. Okay. Well, he's buried in deep sand and maybe the water table, because I know the water table yeah. comes and goes over there. So maybe, yeah. but sweet. Yeah, because yeah, I had no idea. I had inter I, I had interacted with a Wendigo in New Mexico. Um, I mean, it was the weirdest experience. He was walking through the oldest. It's called Old Town Albuquerque, and he was just walking. And I was like, uh -oh. "Wait a minute, that's." And he looked like a golem in a way because they're so yeah. weird looking. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, "That is not." Like I did a double take. I was like, wait a minute. And my friend was like, what's going on? And the native that was selling, had a blanket out and selling. She goes, I saw him too. <gasps> she was like, I stopped. And I was like, I looked at her and she goes, that was a Wendigo. We don't mess with them. And she, and if they attack, then we will take care of them. And they're not native down there. Mm -mm. No, they're not. That's why the natives down there won't mess with them unless they attack somebody. Wow, I wonder how it got there. Because the person that I, I had somebody that I knew was dealing with one in Tennessee and I'm like, how in the hell did it get in Tennessee? It shouldn't be there either. And so I met years ago uh, in Kentucky, 
Lexington, I met this healer and I sent her to him and he gave her like six pages of notes on what to do with this Wendigo. So I called her, I said, guess what I got? So she then sent me these pages of notes and his thing was to bury it, but and to offer it back to mother earth. And I like the water. And I mean, I live- It gets them back to her faster. It That's would. where, because that, that later that me and that girl made friends, you know, because of that, we made friends. Yeah. I would go and visit her down at Old Town all the time. And I asked her, I said, where did you get this? Like for the Wendigo? And she goes, my grandmother, my grandmother was a shaman. And she goes, um, we actually, she's actually taking care of quite a few in this area, which is unusual. And she yeah. goes, but the hatred in the world within, within people's hearts are making them expand. Yeah. And she had a friend that lived in Europe. Uh, if I remember, it was Germany, and she actually encountered a Wendigo in Germany. Wouldn't shock me there with all of that level in your, of, yeah. Your book, actually, you talk about working with shamans. What's with them? They, they're awful secretive. They don't want to give out their secrets. <laughs> they will give you what you need. And, and I never asked more because I thought, I've gotten what I need, and I thank them dearly um and i know it's not it's not where i'm really supposed to go maybe in the long run if i get to my 90s probably yes i'll have reached that um but yeah they're fascinating and their depth and the the, the places they've gone that i have a higher level of consciousness yeah to a degree a higher level of education of learning, of information, of spiritualness. And, you know, I mean, Tanya is probably closer than I am to that from, from having been there and from lived in the area. Uh, you know, you just kind of, it's like a seep. It just seeps in. And you know where you're supposed to go. And so that, because I've moved totally out of Reiki. I don't do that anymore. It, it, I, I did it, done it. It was great. I learned. I did what I needed to do. And so I am kind of working in that direction because it's more of a holy, more of a holy feel. And that's not ego. It's, it's centering. And I think that's kind of where I'm, I'm headed in that direction. Cause I'm, you know, at this age, I just want the center and I want the peace and I want to be able to deliver that and offer that more of a sage sort of thing, which there is no ego in that. It's just, God, let me help you because I can see it because I'm outside of it. And that is, let me, let it be a gift. You, you talked about grounding in this book again. We've talked about it with you. And I think it seems to be an important thing. Do you have any advice for amateur ghost hunters, any warnings or protection that they, what do you, what do you say to a young ghost hunter? Don't go alone. Don't trespass go with permission, go with spirit, go with more than one person with you. Cause if you fall through a floor and you break your leg and you end up in a basement, you know, when are they going to find you? Right. So, you know, go protected for Pete's sake. I mean, I've brought stuff home. I stuff follows me all the time. It's like, Oh, come on. And I think I'm protected. Well, they'll latch onto your luggage or onto your camera or your phone or, you know. So be careful. It's not a game. This is yeah. real. Mm -hmm. These are souls and they need respect. They need to be treated with respect. Just I like think reverence is a, is a good thing. Now you're a minister. I so am. You think that helps? That plays into it? I am a minister with a trucker mouth. So yes, you know, it's, I am, and I don't hide it. And I, I, I love I, it. I love it. Hell, you know, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, what kind of mouth? You don't think I'm going to drop the F-bomb on you? You like, <laughs> I like your colorful language. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, book too. I'm, I, I am who I am and I love the ownership and it's like, all right, let's go forward now. But I'm also a Virgo, so I got to be careful because I will take people out on my way if I'm not careful. And I don't want to do that. 
But yeah, it's important. And it's important to cover, to protect, to be mindful, to be kind, but don't be walked on, you know, because that's education for them too. It's kind of like, oh, no, <laughs> let's redo that because that was dumb. That was, you know, and I hate the word stupid. And I hate, you know, there's certain words I don't like, but I'll F-bomb, you know, you know, it's like, yeah, I, you know, so it's all subjective, I guess. But, you know, you, you get to a point and in the world, you, you get up in the morning and you wait to see where the world is today. So you know what you've got planned and you know what you'd like to have planned. And, and so then you've got to find the in-between in those. And hopefully you can do 10% of what you had planned for that day. Right. And for me, if I can, it's like, hey, all right. It was a great day. Yeah. Kim, Kim brought up um, Vortex asking about that. But is there, you know, how do you tell, what's the difference between Vortex and Portal? It, for oh, me, it's the same question. thing. For me, it's the same thing. For me, well, and it could be anywhere. But, and a lot of times for me, portals are in walls and vortexes are tornadoes. Hmm. But that's just me and that's just the way I see them. Um, I had a young man in Kalamazoo, very much a medium, and he didn't know what to do with any of this. And I couldn't figure out why there was a vortex in the wall in front of the toilet in his bathroom. Well, he'd go in there and he'd sit, not going to the bathroom, but he'd put the lid down and sit, and he'd sit like this and think. So he had his third eye into that wall. He opened that wall up to a vortex, and it was so. I go in there and I sit down and I'm looking at the wall. I went, ah, oh, I know what that is. That's his thinking wall. And he was, he went in there to get privacy. So his little brother wouldn't bug him and his parents wouldn't bug him. And so I sealed that and I had a conversation with him and I'm like, go outside. Don't, don't do it in there. You're opening holes in walls. You don't want, you know, but now, go outside. Exy, what would you call the two mirrors that kind of, you have two mirrors that face each other. You can see the mirror in one side and this mirror in this side. Would you consider that a portal? That's infinity, you know? So yeah, you could do that. You could easily do that with infinity and that'd be intense. That'd be very strong. Um, so for me, I'd have to turn one of the mirrors because you've got to right. stop it. You've got to stop it somewhere. You've got to stop the reflection somewhere or you stop the reflection with you. You step in front of it to, and you have to be shielded because you have to, to block whatever is coming through that. That's risky because you don't want to take anything into you. So you have to be careful. Um, when I did Reiki, I used to wear cuffs like Wonder Woman. So when I used my hands, nothing went above my wrists. I wouldn't absorb. So, you know, do kind of the same thing with that. Um, I've just, I've watched different places over the years where people have ghost hunted and there's a pretty famous hotel um, in their lobby that has mirrors on one side of the wall versus the other side with a staircase going up through the middle of it. I can't remember the name. of It's a pretty famous um, hotel, like maybe it's called Stanley Hotel. That would maybe. be the, the, the one they did The Shining was written about. Yeah, I think it's that yeah. particular one that they have the facing mirrors like that. And I always kind of wondered, does that open a portal? Well, yeah, and it takes, what is that? That it's called the, the spirituality of doing homes. It's the feng shui. Feng shui. Mm. feng shui says no, because you don't want that. Because it, yeah. it's like, it's just energy pounding on energy. Wow. So you, you're going to either want to offset them. But if you've ever scribed with a mirror or we were in a location and I was in the attic and they had a big mirror on the floor. So I sat on the floor, faced the mirror at one end and had the entire room behind me. Mm -hmm. And I cannot tell you the activity I saw in that mirror because they didn't think I could see them. It was so much fun. I will do Were that. they stuck in the mirror then? Like, no, they were all behind me in the room. And it's oh, like in the they're room. back there and they're dancing around <laughs> and they think I can't see them. They're all like, oh, look at that girl. She can't see me. And I'm sitting there watching them in their mirror over my shoulder. And it was the most fascinating. <laughs> I, I saw I was... something in a, scry a scrying mirror 
Yeah. Yeah, it was me. And well, it was one that was made at the Hinsdale house as part of uh, Haunt Me, the web series on YouTube. And me and like uh, one of my team members at the time, we were both looking into it. We both got, as we were both staring into it, we both got the mental image of the American Gothic painting. Oh, we're scrying. It seems a little odd. Like, I'm, I'm seeing that. I'm seeing that painting. You know, that's the one where the guy's holding the pitchfork. Yeah. Yeah. I actually that's saw that, that one in is. person in Chicago. Yeah. So we both got that mentally. And I said, I'm like, that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing that in the mirror right now. She's like, get out of here. I just saw that too. <laughs> like, we both got it like in our mind's eye as we were looked as we were scrying. Yeah. So I oh, think there might cool. be something in mirror. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. In your new book, Dialogue with the Dead, page 58, you talk about dreams and you say dreams, that's where you receive messages and lessons and dreams can foretell the future. Was, is that with everybody or just your prophetic dreamer? I am, but I think everybody works out their crap in a dream. It's how you subliminally work things out. It's easier, it's less taxing. You're there and your mind is just trying to ferret things out for you. I think it's a very, very important time. <clears throat> I tell people, keep a journal by your bed, keep a piece right. of paper and a pen, something. I mean, I'll wake up and it's 111, it's 222, it's 333, 444. I'll do that night after night. And it's like, I'm trying to get, they won't, I can't get the message here. So they're giving it to me numerically. So, you know, so pay attention to your dreams. I mean, I've had some dreams. I knew I was going to change careers. Yeah. So I went through a doorway facing backwards on a, I was in a rolling old secretary chair. I mean, like from the fifties and they were pushing me backwards. And I went through these old hospital doors. And when I went banging through these doors, I came through facing another way. And I was like, I'm going to change where I'm going in life because I mean, it was like, boom, it was so obvious to me, but it's not always that obvious. Um, the other night I saw a snake in my dream and I was like, Oh, don't do that. Cause I, there's somebody out there working against me and I know there is. And I, I've known that for a while. So oh, is that letting... what a snake means? Somebody is plotting against you for me. It is snake oh. in the grass. Oh yeah. So interesting. Usually, if it's it's a lot of times it's it's I've from what I've encouraged, uh, encountered, if it's a single snake, it's somebody working against you. If it's like multiple snakes, there's other things going on. You need to pay attention, wake up, and yep, it was one, and I know who it is, and it's like oh, wow, uh, it is what it is, you know. So I'm going to stay on my course and keep going and um, let them know I know, yeah. you know. But it is what it is. Do you have prophetic dreams too, Tanya? Occasionally. Some of them I think I are uh, their prophecy, but then other times I'm like, what the heck were you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I like the other night I had this weird dream that I was a truck driver. And I was like, what? <laughs> but it's like the meaning will come to me sometime. Maybe Kim, she's been changing yeah. years lately. So maybe she's gonna be a truck driver. You know, oh I'm, man, I don't know I'm about gonna, that. Yeah. I've been a journaler since I was high school and it's poetic journal. And I found out that I write these poems. They're, they're for people who have died, but I write them in advance of the oh. people dying. So when someone dies in our family, I get my poetic journal out and I look back a couple pages and try to find their poem that I figure I've written for them and didn't know it at the time. Wow. And then I read it at the funeral. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful though. Yeah. So um, what a, what a great book. This, this last one, I had to come back and help uh, promote this. I love this cover. We talked yeah. about symbols and this owl, when you were at the uh, studio, you left and you saw an owl that night, that, the last time you were at the studio. Yeah. Yeah. The so they've been different things to different people. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They've been around for a while and I've not noticed them. And then it was like, you know. see, for me, we always notice them because the owl is my youngest daughter's spirit animal. Oh, and uh, she's actually named after a 
a, a fictional owl. <laughs> oh, that's marvelous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you I talked about that. other things in the book, uh, signs, crows, hawks, owls, and you totems is something you brought up again uh, today. Could you kind of just explain totems? Totems are spirit animals uh, for you. They are for you. For me, they're for life, but I, I suppose they could come and go or step back. Um, it, you know, it's depending on the power you need at the time. But they do, they represent. Um, spiders are another one for me, which is like, really? You know, can we pick oh, yeah. something else? I but think you're they all have spiders in your other book. They have great meaning and they're, you know, they're sturdy, strong web builders, planners, seekers, seers. They've been around forever and it's like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. So then owls too, and owls have sight and they're strong and they're there, they're dependable. They, you know, they see things that we don't see. So they, they have meaning. And if there's things you're drawn to or are drawn to you, chances are that's your totem and you should pay attention hmm. to that. Oh, I have a huge elephant mural in my living room because elephants are my spirit animal. Always have been. Always been drawn to them. They're supposed to have some special meaning, luck, good luck, or something. Yeah. Well, well when their trunks are up. Trunks up. Trunks up. Oh, they're good oh, luck. Okay. Um, no, the the usually the meaning with the elephants is because they're matriarchal, female matriarchal. Um, so it's strength. It's uh, basically everybody turn like most time if you're the head, like being you're like showing the symbol of the head, like. I interpret it as even though my older sister is technically supposed to be the head of the family, spiritually, I am the head of the family. Yes, you are. Everybody seems to turn to me and ask me advice and come to me even before I even came out with my gifts. So I, I think she helps me keep me on my path. She also helps me to understand and find balance to find my spiritual gift with my with my um, healing, with my healing gift. Beautiful. Well, yeah, I, I believe in those totems that you talk about. Page 121 in your new book, you say, spirits are around us always. Always. Woo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do a talk on that, and I'll bring it up, and I'm like, always. Yeah. And then you'll hear this this titter. Oh. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, yeah, always, you know sex showers yeah right. whatever they're there if you don't want them there yes. block send them away and they're like oh not like not like they're writing a tell a tell-all on you and it's not going to show up at the star tabloid it, it it's just they're there you know and it's not a bad thing they're wonderful i mean i will bring them in if i if i'm somewhere and i'm not comfortable i surround myself with them and i ask them to help me guard me protect me um, I bubble my family oh, yeah. every morning. You do that. You call on whoever angels you use spirit guides real strong with you. And I yeah. do the same thing. When I smudge, I call on the, my people that are my guardian angels to help me. Whoever is in my spirit realm to help me to, to pull this stuff off. I like how we, we kind of think similar. You're definitely one of our favorites, all-time guests. Aw, thank you. I know I love you guys. It's just easy. <laughs> this like is it. always a blast. Yep. We need to move on. So I'm going to do a shout-out to our last guest. That was JoJo Gerard from 98.7 WFGR and Town Square Media. We talked about Gettysburg. And then a uh, shout-out I want to do uh, to our Australian connection. We haven't heard from those guys, Steve and Dylan, but Dylan sent me this right here in the mail. I just received this within the last week. It's a, all the prime ministers of Australia. Hmm. He sent me a postcard oh. of a, uh, a building here. This is one of the oldest theaters in australia which is also haunted so shout oh, out oh i just went, before you even said that i got chills i said I that story <laughs> to tell <laughs> you put that up i went oh well and that's funny my my husband's australian so i saw the poster in the background i was like oh yeah because uh. dylan's into politics and so i really think maybe someday he may be 
uh, prime minister of Australia, who knows, <laughs> or some kind of office, but it was good to hear from those guys. So shout out to those guys. Uh-huh. And uh, that's kind of it for my shout outs. Upcoming. Actually, you must have stuff. I know you have stuff on your calendar. Oh, I do. I do. So we've got August. We got my Paracon up in the Sioux. And I, I'm doing a gallery. August 25th through the 27th. Yep. And I've got a few tickets left for the gallery. I'll be September 3rd, Festival of Oddities in Charlotte. And I am going to do a gallery there as well. I'll be in Library Row selling books and doing readings. Um, October 1st, I'm going to be Willis House. That is sold out, uh, but it, it'll be fun. We're going to do something else, Candy and I. Uh, Dearborn, October 8th, the Dearborn Historical Museum. I'm going to do a gallery and some readings there. That's really a neat place. I liked that a lot. It's cool. And I'm going back to Old Mill, November 12th. I'll be a presenter and I'll be doing readings. I'm really excited. Um, I got a few more things in the works. The contracts aren't done, so we'll get to those. Um, but I'm already booked like April and May of next year. So it's like, excellent. come on. Yeah, nice. I'm excited. And I can't talk about them yet because they haven't advertised them yet, but you'll love them. So you got to stay tuned. Okay. Brandon, you got anything planned? Anything upcoming? Um, I'm still working on a scheduling some uh, guests and stuff upcoming. I'm kind of in the middle of changing jobs. So I've been kind of right. get that stuff all settled. Um, I'm going to be at least out of personal one I might be able to talk to you about in the future is I'm going to be in the next couple of weeks doing like a past life regression. Ooh, so that'll be so much fun. <laughs> Those are so cool. Yeah. Who are you doing that with? With Mary. Mary oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. yeah. She'll Real do a cool. great job. Yeah. Um, any more uh, upcoming? Anybody want to? No, nothing much. Okay. No, I know I'm still working. I'm going to be, I have been so busy lately that I had, since I got back from my Paracon, that um, I do need to make a phone call and reach out to a few. Um, Daylon from Ghost Brothers de- uh, graciously agreed to definitely be joining us on one of our podcasts. So I have to reach out to him. Yay! <laughs> he is, they were so funny. I have a funny story about them. When I met them, I actually made a comment to Jawan, yay, somebody that makes me feel short. And I asked him how tall he was and he goes, six, three. And Daylon goes, how tall? And I was like, or, or, or I, I, he goes, six, three. And I said, oh, I'm six, one. And he goes, how tall? And I said, I'm six, one. He pounds his fist on the table and storms off and pouts. And Jawan <laughs> whispers to me going, he's always wanted to be six foot. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, I can't help you with that. So it'll be fun to have them. They were hysterical to talk to. They yeah, are fabulous. I agree. Show. And then when you have stuff that you want to put on the Facebook, make sure it gets to us. I saw yeah. some of your stuff and then I put it into our Facebook. Yeah. But if you got stuff going like that, you want to get it right into our Grand yep. Rapids Ghost Hunters Facebook. Yeah, things got a little crazy and busy, and I was trying to do 20 million things, and it's like, I know I'm forgetting something. <laughs> that, that dory brain stuff. kicks in and you forget <laughs> dory brain that to our facebook <laughs> we, ongoing is the 988 suicide hotline that goes into effect supposedly next month all across oh. the nation most of your most of your phone lines have that already but there's some states we're dragging behind but because we had over two million calls into the suicide hotline last year this this is going to help people get in touch when they need oh help. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So um, Ohio is still dragging their feet on that yeah, one. Like, states. get it done. We're mm-hmm. trying to figure out who's going to pay for it. Some things. WKTV televises our show on Comcast Channel Twenty Five and UVerse Ninety Nine uh, twice a week. So we always look forward to that. And then it's, I guess, we, we can. I don't know, Brandon. Do we have time for a final thought? We're running late. Uh, yeah, we probably should. I, like, we didn't we didn't get started recording, so we probably got a couple okay, minutes. Okay, we'll do a final thought. It's going to take a little bit of time. Okay. Actually, uh, fortune cookies. Oh. We did something <laughs> with this before, but who gets this fortune cookie? You're going to decide. Hmm. Whose is this cookie? The first one. Tanya. This is Tanya's? Mm. Yeah, she just kind of popped into my head. 
Brenda, can you help open these? A friend's success will benefit you. I don't know. That could be. I know who that's for. Really? Okay, my friend Jamie's mind, or my friend Jamie's head, or her name came in my head, and right. she's just found out she's ha she has stage four breast or lung cancer. Oh, oh yeah, that's very well. <laughs> and I have to go help her with some healing. Yeah. This one, this one is not going to matter. Who's is this one? This is you. It's the same one. <laughs> this one so a friend's success will will benefit me hmm. who's the next one kim kim's people are waiting for cues from you hmm yeah they are we don't know who but uh i know exactly what that is uh-oh <laughs> oh, cool. Who's the next one? Brandon. Let's do Brandon. Brandon. A friend will be important to you in your forthcoming success. Brandon's Ooh. got things in the works, so. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I think that it's, very well. You got some, Brandon, you got some good choices coming, dude. Yeah. Exie. <gasps> you don't have a fortune, Exie. Oh, it's empty? <laughs> yeah. Trust me. Do you know how many times? Do you know how many times that has happened to me at Asian restaurants? A lot too. Really? Mm -hmm. I never had that happen. That has never happened to me. Oh my gosh, that's happened to me so many times. Me too. Yeah. Oh, that was kind of fun. I just that take that as a, I take that as a good sign. Okay, good. That I'm um, where I should be. <laughs> the next thing is the inspirational thought, and then the show is over. And the inspirational thought, I I kind of think that you're magical, Axie. I really think I really think you are. Thank you. The, the quote comes from one of the smartest guys that ever lived, Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. His IQ was rate, rates as one of the highest people that ever lived. Of course, the smartest people in the world are women. Two women are this right now are the smartest women in the world, but. We don't want to mention that, do we? <laughs> no. Actually, I think you are very magical. So this is from Wolfgang. Magic is believing in yourself. If you can do that, you can make anything happen. So people out there, believe in yourselves. That's where the magic lies. You are correct. Thank Perfect. you. Peace out. Good to see everybody. Thanks. Great Thank to you. see you. Thank you, everybody, so much. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Family-owned Guillermo Pizza underwrites this episode of Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters Paranormal Podcast, located at 901 Design Parkway, Southwest Wyoming, and available at 616 the opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of the producer and not necessarily those of WKTV Community Media.